The sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintigard.com. Lord Jesus, you know our hearts. You know the words that we need this morning. I ask you to come in your Holy Spirit to open our hearts to you, to let go of the things we need to let go of so that we can hold on ever more closely. Amen. Uh, as we dig into this text here this morning, um, as we've been doing probably for the last month, I, I encourage you to take a look at our church app on your phone. You can see there, there are sermon notes. And I've been kind of filling them with extra resources. So like today, we're going to get into what a leptin is. And if you'd like to do a deep dive search, there is a link that you can do that. We're also going to be talking about maybe a couple statistics of giving in America. And if you'd like to, to deep dive on that, I've given you that resource as well. I've given a place where you can write down notes. I, I encourage you to do that. Um, with this sermon series called Treasured, we're thinking about two things. First and foremost, we're thinking about the fact, we're giving thanks for the fact that we, each and every one of us is treasured by God himself. And second, we're looking at what Jesus teaches about the things that we treasure. Um, and before we get into this text about the widow's offering, the widow's might, I want to say two things to you. Um, first, I want to give thanks for the faith that God is raising up in the people of this church. I was blown away when one of you texted me on Wednesday this week and told me how excited you were for the second sermon about money. I was so flabbergasted by that that you know I'm going to be preaching about finances and that there's faith that wants God to minister to that. The second thing I, I wanted to say is I... I want you to know I come to this text and to this sermon with fear and trembling and I want you to know how much I love each and every one of you with as close to the love of Christ as I can manage. And I want you to know that in that love I will never tell you things just so that you will hurt, but I will tell you the truth because I do love you. And that's what's going to happen with this text today. Jesus is going to show us, the, the widow is going to show us what giving looks like. We're going to come to grips with the things that we need to let go of so that we can hold on to Jesus with our whole selves. I'll ask you to stand as we read this gospel text from Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, Put in everything, all she had to live on. This is the gospel of the Lord. You can go ahead and be seated. I 
am really glad that in a sense it's not me preaching today. I'm really glad that in a sense it's the widow and her actions and her heart and her message that gets to take center stage today. Now we see here it was, it was a quick gospel reading, right? What we know about a widow in that time is that she was economically bereft and that she was relationally, socially alone. She didn't have much. She had two coins to rub together and that's it. And we are told that she put in everything. Everything. And I'm glad it's her that's teaching us about giving today. You know, uh, you can't move past her gift very easily. It was generous. People try and minimize her gift a, a little bit. They try and make it seem like, yeah, it was generous, but it was a generally bad idea. You know, doesn't she get that when you give to the church, you're giving to its social programs? And so she is giving so much that she's going to need even more from the church. A gift was a bad idea. It's like if she, she was taking her last can of Chef Boyardee off of her shelf and giving it to her food pantry at church. Or if she was taking the check that she received from Social Security that was meant to keep the lights on and she gave it to her church and her lights get turned off. They try and minimize her gift, but no one can take that away from her. It's like Jesus said, she gave everything that she had to live on. Now something that Jesus is doing here, he doesn't do it very often, but he uses comparative language here. You know, he, he compares what she gave to what everybody else gave. He says that she gave more than everybody else. It's a comparison statement. And so if you make that comparison, what I did this week is I went in and I, and I researched a few of these things so that I, I could make a comparison between one thing and the other. One thing that I found, and you can, you can dig into this yourself, um, I researched Christian giving and I found, depending on who you want to trust, that the average Christian gives between 1% and 3% of, of what they receive in income. You compare that to the 100% that the widow gave and it seems unbalanced. You go in and compare that again, and I wanted to research, what does the average person give, whether they're a Christian or not? This number increased a lot during the pandemic. Um, that number is now between 1% and 5% that the average American gives, whether they are Christian or not. So you make that comparison and you can make an observation about it. That giving... In our country, in the church, it's not necessarily motivated by a love for Christ. Make one more comparison that, that we can take into account for ourselves that percentage-wise, compared to the income of people during that time, percentage-wise, giving now is much lower than it was during the Great Depression. And again, I, I'm glad it's the widow. 
I'm glad it's her actions. I'm glad it's her message because mine wouldn't stand up there. I'm glad it's her. She, what she does with her actions is she puts nails in the coffin of ungenerous giving. You know, we had in our Old Testament text, we, talked, we saw how Abram gave 10% of everything that, that he gave. And, and we can move forward in the Old Testament. We can remember that God had a, a principle that he had put in place that said, my people will give 10% of everything that they have. And in that time, that was what you must give. You must give 10%. And you might ask, why 10%? It's because that's a number that dings you. You feel that in your budget, right? It, it allows you the opportunity to financially plan to give to God. It allows you the opportunity to, to trust God so that you can, you can know that he will provide everything that you need. Moving along into the New Testament, we know this, that when Jesus died on the cross, he, he, he made away with that Old Testament covenant. And that in the New Testament, there's no mention of that 10%, that tithe. And so people come to me, they ask me, I don't know if I can make it to 10%. Uh, you know, what should I give, Pastor? And, and I, I've had people actually ask me this before, Pastor, do I give 10% pre-tax or post-tax? we feel really good about getting the right number. In the Old Testament, you know, there was the tithe. There was the 10%. There was the number. But in the New Testament, what Jesus did is he blew the caps off of 10%. You know, he didn't die on the cross so that we could become less generous, right? He died on the cross to set a new standard of giving. He, he showed us, you can give 100%. I gave 100% of my life for you on the cross. Guarantee that no matter what happens in this life, you will be 100% perfect. Perfectly cared for. I'm glad it's the widow who is showing us that. I'm glad it's her that helps us to get rid of all of the other reasons that we might have in our hearts for ungenerous giving. You know, I, I think this is true about myself. If I were that widow and I was walking into the treasury and I had two coins to rub together, I was looking up around at the temple. You're thinking to myself, the budget for the temple, it's so huge. These two coins aren't going to make any difference. Why would I give? She helps us see how wrong that is. She helps us with another one, a one that I know I've had to repent of. You know, I, I give so much to the church in other ways. I give my time. I give my talents. I don't need to give in this other way. She shows us how wrong that thinking is. As if God only wants part of who we are. She even helps us get, get rid of the reasons that, that maybe the church, you're thinking, it's not trustworthy enough. It's not going to make valuable use of my offering. It was fascinating to read this text in its context. The verse right before this text, Jesus is airing the dirty laundry of the church. He says about the church of that time, this church eats widows for breakfast. They literally take the property of widows they don't care about them. 
this widow, she walks into the church that she knows may not care about her at all and she gives everything. She gives her two lepta. Uh, I got to do a deep dive about what a leptin is. She had two leptin. Uh, I showed the kids a dollar today. You can divide one dollar into 100 cents. In that time, money functioned differently. There was one denarius, which was equal to one day's er um, earnings. And every other currency was divided into fractions from that. And one leptin was one 128th of one day's earnings. And this is totally pastor math here, but what I figured is that one leptin can buy you one McChicken. And so, you know, in effect, she's walking into the temple with two meals. And she could have made a different choice. She could have been incredibly generous and gave 50% of everything that she had. And she could have held on to the one meal that she had control over. But she walked into God's treasury and went all in. She gave up all personal agency over how her life was going to go. She said, Lord, I trust you with my next meal. Lord, I trust you with my next breath. I trust you with the rest of my life. And again, I'm glad it's her preaching this. I couldn't. It was so... It was so profound. I, I think it's so profound to see this woman for who she is. Um, I've been particularly blessed to be able to travel the world, and I've seen some great cities in the world. I've gone to the deep, dark jungle of Ecuador, and I've seen people who are profoundly in poverty. And every time I see a person like that, I reflect to myself, I am so rich. There's something about seeing this woman who truly has nothing. Jesus says she has nothing. And even though she gives everything, she still makes me feel poor. No, it makes me think back. Maybe, maybe it, makes, it can make you think into your life too. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to do this, but I guess I'm going to confess my sins here to you this morning. Uh, it makes me think back to a time in, in my life when, when we were poor. You know, we were at the seminary, and it's that time of life when you are supposed to be turning into this, this spiritual titan, this spiritually rich person. I was so spiritually poor. You know, in our first years of marriage, we were hanging on to our, our parents' health insurance because we couldn't do anything like that on our own. We were living in a in a pretty small apartment, not super nice. And, and when we were going to school, my, my wife would, would text me. She said, make sure you get noodles, make sure you get sauce, make sure you get this from the food pantry. We, we depended on the food pantry for a lot of our food. And, and I, I remember particularly one day in class at the beginning of the school year, we had just made our first tuition payment, we had just made our first rent payment, and I needed a book for class, and I didn't have it. And the professor kind of called me out about it. He said, Paul, why don't you have this book? And I was forced to say in front of my whole class, I don't have the money for it. And I watched the professor's face turn absolutely red because he and I knew that book cost 
So during that time, I didn't give faithfully to our church. I was afraid. As if God would have let us starve. I mean, how, how ridiculous is that, right? You think back on that time, how ridiculous is that thought that God's not going to take care of us? But that's what it is, right? It's fear. It's fear that stops us from being generous with our wealth. It's, it's fear that, that stops us from giving other parts of ourselves, our faith, our trust to God. It's fear. Most of us probably aren't afraid that we're going to go home and starve today. But perhaps the fear that we're struggling with more than anything else is the fear that we are not going to be as okay if we don't take care of ourselves first. This is what I'm desperately trying to show you here this morning. That we are all spiritual widows in a way, you know. We are all spiritually oppressed. You know, we are poor. We're poor in percentage giving. We're poor in our faith towards God. We're poor in love towards other people. And we're poor in our relationships. In a sense, we are all spiritual widows. And I think that's a part of the point that the Spirit of God is helping us to see this morning. He's helping us to identify with this widow. He's helping us to identify with this widow so that we can start to see what she was seeing. So that we can start to know what she knew. You know, I'm going to go so far as to say that I want to change the name of this text. You know, you guys know how I love to do that. I start renaming stuff. Traditionally, we've called this account The Widow's Might, M-I-T-E. I think we could call it The Widow's Might, M-I-G-H-T, because this account is showing us nothing more than the fact that this widow had everything that she needed, Jesus. You know, we read the scripture and we get focused on what the widow has done and we miss what Jesus is doing. I'm not going to allow that today. (laughs) I want you to think about the widow. Yes, I want you to reflect on, on what she teaches you about giving, but I will not let you miss out who it is that sees the widow. Jesus sees her. He loves her. He cares for her. Every person who believes in Jesus is dependent on him for their next breath, their next meal, their next day. And every person who comes to Jesus comes in spiritual poverty without any worth or pull or any special merit. And Jesus cares about them. He gives them 100% grace, no matter how big of a charity case we are, and we are all charity cases. He gives us charity. No matter how small our giving has been, no matter how many times our giving has been from our head and not our heart, He sees us and He cares. And people of God, you need to know today that He does far more than just see you. The woman, the widow, she throws in two lepta. Jesus throws in his entire life. Who did he do it for? His spiritual abusers. 
And what church was he dying for? The church that was a theological and moral mess. And why did he do it? So that he could give each of us his charity. And not just the grace of our next breath, and not just the grace of our next meal, but the grace of breaths that will never run out, and a feast that will never end in a city of gold, and a perfect relationship with God. Jesus went all in into God's treasury so that he could have you. That's how it works with Jesus. And I want you to hear me today. Hear me well on this. Everything that you give to Jesus, he gives back to you way better. You give him your sins, what does he give back? He gives back forgiveness. You give your death and your pain to Jesus. What do you get in return? Resurrection. You give your spiritual poverty to Jesus. What do you get? You get his wealth. You give your whole life to Jesus. What do you get? Nothing less than God himself. You see, that is what this is about today. It's seeing Jesus see you. Your fears, your sins, your doubts, your death. He sees you in all of it. And I want to tell you something. Jesus has never yet failed a single widow, and he's not going to start now. So go all in. Not just one lepta in your life. You can put in both. Here's why. It's because Jesus is truly the widow's might. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you know this about it, us. That's why you talked about it so much. You know that there is no topic on earth that reveals our spiritual poverty more than our earthly wealth. Forgive us for our faithlessness towards God and for our lovelessness towards people. And Lord, I pray that you use this word from your spirit to transform this church into ever more generous people. We pray this in your name.